Well, welcome again to the Clark Summit University Alumni and Friends podcast. I'm joined by our CSU president, Dr. Jim Lytle, and uh, my name is Paul Golden. I serve as the executive director of alumni and development here at the school. And our very special guest today is Laura Summons. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Salvation testimony, just briefly. Okay. I grew up over there in Falls, Pennsylvania, which is about 30 minutes from campus. My dad is, a, I am a PK. My dad is Jim Howell. Proud to say that. I was saved as a little girl at the age of five. Clearly remember the smell of my mom's bedspread. August 3rd, 1975. I'm so thankful for that particular gift that my mom wrote that date down for me. I have never forgotten it. It is a gift to me that I have never doubted my salvation. Always remember that day. Remember telling my dad that I had accepted Jesus to be my savior. Grew up in a pastor's home. You know, I went to the small Christian school down the street, actually from CSU called the Baptist High School at the time graduated there with a big class of 12. So came from a really small Christian school. It was growing up as a PK, it definitely had its advantages and disadvantages. I saw my parents um, do ministry. I saw at firsthand what it looked like. And I saw what it meant to be hospitable for my mom. I remember her actually hosting Defender 5 for lunches when they came to visit our church. And as a little girl, obviously, I thought that was a big thrill um, to have the Defender 5 team there. So it, you know, it had a lot of advantages being the PK. And obviously, it had some disadvantages as well. You know, you kind of felt like you lived in a glass house. So well, a, a lot um, of that, you know, a lot of that's attitude. I mean, I, I, your dad had me come out and preach a number of times and Mm-hmm. And I just so admired their family because I didn't have anything like that growing up. Yes. And, uh, yes. you know, it's, it's your dad and your mom just decided they love the Lord and yes. uh, they were going to go yes. ahead and serve him. Yes. And make no mistake, hospitality is a big part of my mom and dad's ministry. And I learned so much by watching them host mm-hmm. many missionaries and many people in their home. It was it was great. Laura, I'm like you. I'm a pastor's kid, and I, I thought it was a great experience growing up, seeing the ins and out of uh, church and ministry. And I think your dad is a 1966 graduate of the school. Yeah, uh, back when yeah. it was in Johnson City. And right. then your uh, your older brothers, I know uh, Jeff came here to college and seminary, and Ronnie, and then yes. you followed you followed in their footsteps. So it's kind of neat. To I see did. The... I did. I did. You know, I wish I could say that CSU. You know, I just it was kind of just the natural progression for my life to go to CSU back in the day. I can honestly say I was there to meet a husband. I really, um, I know there's a lot of jokes about going to college to get your MRS degree. And I was one of those. You're um, not the first one, Laura, and you're not yeah. the last one. <laughs> so I'm just going to openly, openly admit that for all the girls that might be listening. It's, it was truth. Um, So, but I I didn't actually at the time enjoy studying at all. I mean, I was not a studier in high school and it was, like I said, I just felt like going to college was just the next natural progression for me. Go to college, meet your husband, maybe get a degree while you're there, you know? So that's kind of how it worked for for me. No, it was definitely the right thing for you to do. (laughs) So, So, um, that's how I ended up at CSU, to be honest with you. What year did you come onto campus? I came in 1988. Um, 
as an 18 year old, not even quite yet an 18 year old because my birthday was late. So I came in 1988 and I was there for a year and a half at that time studying at the time elementary education was going to be my major. God definitely had some different plans in mind for me while I was there. Again, like I said, I didn't really enjoy the studying. I I liked the friends. I loved the dorm, but it was, you know, when you're already coming onto campus with a particular struggle, studying was not at the forefront of my mind at all. But I do remember being in Mr. Maxwell's speech class. I did not have to study hard for that class. I actually enjoyed that class a lot. He was fun, funny. And I thought, wow, I, I kind of enjoy this a lot. And I just kind of tucked that away in the deepest places of my heart. But that was one class that I did not have to work as hard at. If I remember right, you were in Commons Hall. I was I uh, was. I was in school with you. We had a lot of common yes, friendships and uh, we great did. Mem- Great memories together. Yeah. But uh, tell, tell us about kind of the reason we're having you on is really to talk about your journey. You know, for a lot of people that come to CSU, a lot of great experiences, great memories. Mm-hmm. And for others, there might be some mixed memories and some heartache. Yeah. And we want yes. to maybe just share about your story to our listeners. Well, as I said, I came on to CSU as a girl who was struggling with a very deep personal struggle at the time, uh, wrestling through an eating disorder that I was able to hide from my family up to that point. And it all came out as a sophomore. And when you wrestle with something so deep, you can only hide it for so long. And just wanting to be recognized so deeply by a man, if I'm completely honest, and then not being so, it just kind of reinforced a lie that I was already believing. And I just started to live a life really completely out of control out of control when I was at college there. I couldn't hide the eating disorder anymore. My behavior started to switch, which would be totally out of character from what I knew to be right. You know, uh, God has not allowed me to forget where he has brought me from, from some of those dark days on campus. It's very hard to not even get emotional talking about it, but I just feel so, so bad that some of the decisions I made because of that eating disorder, because of what I was struggling with, um, even I know they were sinful. I know hurting my body with making myself vomit was, you know, grieving the spirit. But um, I'm thankful that at, at the time when I was living completely out of control on campus and when I was struggling with my classes where I made the decision to copy a paper and and to fail a class and to steal from my dorm mates and to lie to everybody, even my own family, to bring them into this web of deception. You know, God was merciful to me and he allowed that all to come out so that he could rescue me at that point from spiraling completely to the point of no return. Um, you know, I remember some of those days, Laura. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I, and I remember how it was so evident to me that there was a real struggle going on, mm. that, that the spirit of God was in your life. Yes. And that, that uh, this was not something that you were just kind of along for the ride with. Right. Uh, that you, you, you wanted Christ to be supreme in your life. Yes. And, uh, and you were fighting for it, but mm-hmm. it, it just wasn't coming together. No, it was not. And um, I think the hardest thing that about that time was 
you know, the day I had to call my parents um, and tell them what my life was really like. And um, at that time, believing that I was kind of heaping a shame on them as their daughter, you know, not being this godly woman, a quote unquote, but God ultimately used that, he used that time in our family to draw us closer together. I felt like it was a gift from CSU at the time that they did not ask me to leave. They gave me the opportunity at that time to make a decision to get well. And that's how it was brought to my attention. I was not asked to leave. And yet knowing that I needed to leave and to get some help at that time. So, you know, as a 19 year old, you think your life is going to look a certain way and you're going to follow these steps and everything's going to work out. And then all of a sudden you're, you're not in college and you don't really know what life looks like. It was, those were some really dark days for sure. I remember that time and I'm so grateful for God's grace and mercy, but I'm also thankful Mm -hmm. that it happened at CSU, that it was a safe place for you to, to, in a sense, be found out. And then, and that, Mm -hmm. because of that, get the help that you needed. So yes. Linda Strain at the time was my Dean of Women, uh-huh. and um, she was so instrumental in my life at the time and my parents. I remember my parents uh, called her and spoke with her, and she was really able to speak a lot of truth to my parents and calm them down, and um, she was just really used mightily um, during those dark days. So from that time, I had to obviously make another very large decision of putting myself into a psychiatric hospital as a 19 year old um, for about eight weeks of treatment. And that was, um, those were some interesting days, um, some dark days as well. But you know, the promise that the Lord will never leave you, I clung to that um, in those times. And, you know, even, even in those days, God used that time to just really reveal like, I am here, Laura, this is, this is, I have a plan for your life. And I really did cling to that during those days. Tell us a little bit, obviously you got the victory in that eating disorder. Tell us the rest of the story uh, with Um, your family and how God's used that. Yes. um, You know, uh, my parents and I, we, we did go through some counseling together. I wish I could say being a part of a PK. I mean, some of that did come out. Um, living in a glass house, feeling a pressure to be a certain way and not really wanting to let people know that your daughter has a struggle. And I did not want to do anything that would, you know, inhibit my dad's ministry. And yet I was this girl who was wrestling with this demon, (laughs) but we did God use that time. We went through a lot of counseling. I did leave school. I didn't return. I vowed to myself that I would never return to see you. had to get you back Um, for chapel to get you back in school. Yes. (laughs) I know that when I got that call four years ago from Paul, I have to say I wept uncontrollably because I knew that that was something that God and I had kind of tucked away. It was our little secret, like, oh, wouldn't that be great to have this uh, story come to full redemption and be able to come back onto campus and share my story and and what God has done in my life. It didn't have to end the way it ended. That was just an unbelievable day for me that day. 
And then I thought the story was over. I thought, <laughs> yes, God, we did it. We did this thing. And I was so excited. And I remember getting in the car that day and I'm like, oh no, oh no, you're, this isn't over. And the pressing, like Laura, I, we have more to do and the story isn't finished. And just this pressing of the Holy Spirit, like Laura, I think we should go back. I think we should finish. I think we should finish this. And I'm telling you, I, I said, nope. <laughs> In the chorus, like, I don't study. I don't, I'm not a good student. And some of those <laughs> lies kept coming back to me. They came back. They were on the forefront. I was like, I, I can't do it. And so I remember coming home, sitting with my husband saying, I think the Lord has more in this story. And he brought me back to CSU as a student, <laughs> you know, a year ago. And the first class I took was the one that I failed, taught by Diane, uh, Principles of Bible Study. And I remember writing to her an email that I am scared to death to do this, that I didn't think I could do it, that I didn't think I was a good studier. But God, but God, you know, he is faithful and I'm almost there. I'm almost to the finish line, maybe two classes to go after the one I'm in right now. So that's unbelievable in itself that I'm a student now at Clark Summit U. <laughs> you know, just the, just the redemption and the rest restoration and he is equipping me. He's constantly equipping me to do what he's called me to do. And when I came when I came back, Lash, Lavishly Love Ministry was only two years in the works. And then we had COVID and then it was quiet. And I was like, I, I really believed that the Lord had breathed that into existence, this speaking ministry, which is crazy because when you wrestle with such deep insecurity, you're like, why are you calling me mm -hmm. to stand up in front of people <laughs> and have them stare at you? Like it is it makes me nauseous still to this day. Um, but that's really what he was calling me to do. And then COVID hit and it became very quiet. And you're like, is this ever going to happen? The weight just seemed to go on and on. And I'm like, okay, you know, COVID allowed a lot more time for study, a lot more time for being still and being quiet. And so lavishly love ministries, here it is, you know? Uh, five years, almost six years now. What's the website for your ministry there, Laura? It's called lavishlylove.org. And I believe for the longest time, I thought, I, you know, I currently serve in my church as the women's ministry coordinator. And I remember thinking when God breathed that ministry into existence, oh, Laura, now I've got bigger and better plans for you. I'm going to move you out of church into this big ministry. And I didn't realize really until COVID that the Lord was like, no, that's not what I have for you. I have you lavishly loving women in your church. They don't have to be separate entities. It, I have called you to lavishly love them. And when I give you the opportunity, Laura, to share, I'm going to give you the opportunity to lavishly love women that you don't even know. Um, so it's really been a thrill. It has. As Paul Har as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story you 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 wanted to, you came to BBC 
now CSU to find a, a husband. Yes. But, uh, I know you yes. found Sean at a, a rival yes. school. So tell, tell us about your family. Yes. Uh, met Sean there on campus, actually, as a freshman. Um, we did break up um, at the time. Truly, my parents did not think Sean was the one for me. And I was brought up um, like if you did not have your parents blessing, that was it, you know? So when we broke up, I thought that was it. Um, I did marry a man who pursued me. And I don't know if you remember those times on campus, he would show up, he was trying to find me. He was, it was, incre it's incredible, the story. Um, and I'm lucky enough now that he does still pursue me. 30 years later, <laughs> my husband pursues me. And that, you know, young girls out there, man, get a man who pursues you and wants to see you flourish in your calling. And uh, we've been blessed with three beautiful daughters and now a granddaughter. And, uh, you know, I know that that's God's, that's God's gift to us for sure. Hello, Laura, do you have a, an elevator speech, you know, to say, you know, you should have an elevator speech for your mission. So you get into an elevator with somebody and they, and they say, what do you do? And you've got like 15 <laughs> floors to tell them, you know, so yeah. if, you know, we get um, in the elevator and, and uh, somebody says, so what do you do? And you say, well, I'm, you know, I operate a ministry called lavishly loved uh, mm. to help people who have eating disorders. And they say, really? Mm. Well, what, well, what is that? I mean, so, so what, what, what's the, we've got 15 floors in the elevator to mm. say this. <laughs> what, okay. What? I, I even had some necklaces made actually that say lavishly loved because I feel like it's just, it's like a walking track that I can say, what do, when people ask me, what does that even mean? Lavishly loved. I'm like, oh, you need to know about the love of God. Um, that's what I want women to know that he does not make a mistake in their life. He, this, my thorn in the flesh, I feel like God has given me a weakness the very weakness that I see in my life is what God has used to connect me with so many women. I am not the only one. I want them to know that he did not make a mistake, that we don't have to look all look the same or be the same to be a recipient of his love. That's a great perspective. Yeah. I, um, there's a lot of hurting women in our churches out there today mm -hmm. and it's actually overwhelming to hear some of their stories, but I think we can become so used to saying, you know, Jesus loves me. It's a, it's such a common thing that we lose the, we lose the fact that we should be in awe of that, that the God of the universe loves you, sent his son to die for you. Let's not ever lose the wonder of that. Um, well, that's supposed to be the motivation for everything we do. Correct. You know? Correct. So I want them to know it's not just any kind of love. It is a lavish love because it cost him something. Hmm. And um, it cost us something to love other people. And I believe that's really the heart of my ministry that God has given me is, you know, love me, love my word and love other people, Lara. And um, I believe there's, I don't know if I saw it in a commentary, but it said something to this effect, a full life is a life that is poured out. And that's what I try to live by well, that's and good. pour out the love of Christ to as many as he gives me. Hey, Laura, as we wrap up, I want to just thank yes. you for your authenticity and your mm. vulnerability. I'll, I'll never forget that phone call about four and a half years ago. And just I had no idea the, the impact that would have on you, but I'm glad yes. there was some closure. Yes. But also I'm looking forward. We invited yes. you back. 
Yes. And on February 16th, you'll be sharing your story, much like you did on this podcast with our students. And I think like yes. you said, our, our young folks, young, young students at the university need to hear your story. And I'm also looking forward to, I'm thinking as sure as Dr. Lytle is, uh, when you finally graduate here, yeah. commencement, uh, having that closure and just kind of a mm. tribute to God, a, a God of second chances. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank okay. you.